Hi, I'm Brandon. And I'm Megan. And we're on a journey to improve our marriage, our family, our faith, our fitness, well, just about everything. Along the way, we might accidentally give a tiny bit of solid advice, so join us as we chat each week. Welcome Welcome to to the the Fools in Love Love Podcast. Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to Fools in Love Podcast. We are so happy that you are listening to us today, and actually today finds me in a very ironic spot, because we are going to be talking about anger. I have just went through a very angry moment, because I was trying to figure out some new equipment for this podcast, and I thought, I will go ahead and plug in two separate mics, because me and Megan usually share one, and I said, well, I'll just go ahead and plug this thing in, and it's going to work just seemingly, and guess what didn't happen? It didn't work seemingly. And I was very angry, which leads me to the irony of when you're talking about anger and your issues with anger or your spouse's issues with anger or anyone's issues with anger, you probably shouldn't be the angriest person around. (laughs) (laughs) So for a long time, for me personally, I've actually struggled with anger issues. And for as long as I can remember, I've had just that struggle inside where I just, I have very short fuse and some might say it runs in our family. A lot of times we use that as an example with my mom's side of the family, especially where they had angry people who had maybe a short fuse. I've always seemed to struggle with that ever since I was certainly since I was in middle school. And it's always been something where in the moment I react really quickly to things And then afterwards, I always find myself full of regret. And usually it's just one of those split second things, much like the computer not working or, you know, Megan saying a certain thing or just a certain situation happening. And very quickly in a split second, I snap. I say things that I don't mean. I react in a way that I would never normally react. And I usually just come off as mean and negative And from there, I just, I get irritated so easily. And then the problem becomes that once that happens and once I start down the rabbit hole, it's very hard to get myself back. And then I just feel guilty and upset with myself. Now, some of you might be coming from a place where you or your your partner, for example, struggle with some anger issues. Now, let me clarify when I say anger issues, I'm discussing specifically just getting upset and having a short fuse, but it's never getting to a place beyond that. It's anger in my mind. It's never a physical thing. It's never something like that. So if you're in a situation like that, my counsel would be to seek help and talk to someone, but that's not where I'm coming from. So I just want to clarify that. But one of the things in knowing that I struggle with anger, it's really made me pay attention to what's happening in those moments. And I realize that if you start to pay attention to the times where you get angry, you can often sense it coming and you can prevent it from happening. And you've made such great strides over the past several years. You used to be very short fused, like you were saying, and now I feel like you've gotten way, way easier. And, you know, tooting my own horn, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't really struggle with this, especially in our previous non child life. But then we had kids, and I realized, oh, yeah, I I totally struggle with this. I can get angry 
really angry at the kids easily or Brandon when the kids are upset. When our kids are messing up and when our life just seems a little bit chaotic, that's when I'm just prone to go to anger. But like Brandon was saying, we've definitely been becoming more aware of this and trying to really use strategies to be able to kind of contain the anger and hopefully eventually get rid of it altogether as much as one can on this earth. Yeah. And it's certainly one of those things where, like Megan was saying, I've, I've definitely tried to improve and I've definitely tried to get better with it and get better in certain situations. But that's one of the things with anger, much like anything else that you struggle with, that you can get a lot better. But then when it happens, like Megan was saying, you live in this world, things will happen. You will get angry, unfortunately. You just kind of revert back and you, and you feel bad and you can often pity yourself or just feel sorry for yourself that you're having those struggles. But you got to be able to cut yourself a little bit of slack because all of us get angry sometimes. And even me with my struggles, like for all the times where I do get angry, I'm not a, running around with a red face and smoke coming out of my head. There's reasons sometimes to be angry. And that's one of the things that we want to discuss today. So why do we get angry? Because once you can identify what the triggers are, it's so much easier to then figure out what's going on and adjust in real time. And I found this to be so, so helpful. So I think number one, more often than not, I find myself getting angry and I think Meg would agree when we're already in a situation where we're flustered. So I'm already upset with the kids having a really bad day or acting out. I've already had the most stressful day at work. And then even the smallest things can set me off from there because I'm already in a cycle where, and I'm sure you've all been there where things start to go wrong and it just gets worse and worse and worse. And it seems like it's going to be the worst day ever. And of course, as we've talked about before, when you start believing that it becomes true. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like when I'm flustered, that's the number one way that I'm going to get angry and irritated and say the things that I shouldn't be saying and go places where I don't want to go. When Maverick, our son, who's almost two, is making a mess and pouring every single ounce of water out of the bathtub, and I'm starting to get irritated with him, that is not the time for Harlan, my daughter, who's almost five, to be coming in and telling me about the 17 things she needs. I'm going to get angry unless I am really paying attention to what's going on around me and make a conscious effort. But being flustered is definitely where I feel like I could make the most improvement because that's exactly where I'm the most angry. Yeah, and I think about most of the time when I've had a really stressful day at work and then I get to finally go out and go home and then every driver on the road is the worst driver ever. Every single person brings it out in me and their time's more important than mine and why are they driving like this? And you really just start nitpicking everything because you're you're already in an angry state. And this actually happened for me and Megan the other day as we were thinking about this. We were sitting at the house and for some reason, especially with two small kids, our garbage can seems to fill up quicker than anything you've ever imagined. Like I'm telling you, you change that bag and the next minute somehow the trash is full. And I was having a particularly difficult time in the moment. I think the kids were being crazy. I'm not even sure what it was, but I do remember 
that Megan came out and said, why is this trash full again? And for some reason, that just made me really upset in the moment. And I was like, what do you mean, was it full? I just changed it. And we end up arguing for at least 10 minutes about a trash can and the fact that it needed to be emptied. And those are the things that we're talking about in these moments. Now, in full disclosure, this is an ongoing almost joke at our house that the trash is always full. So when I said, why is the trash full? It never in my mind, like never in a million years would have occurred to me that he was going to get upset about that because we just know that the trash is always full. We we say things about it all the time and it's never once led to a fight until that very moment. So I was never expecting that and I was totally taken off guard, which I think is why it escalated on my end too. And we didn't just let it die right there and never become a thing. Yeah, that actually, as silly a story as it is, it actually leads us really well into number two which is when you feel attacked. So if you feel like someone is coming at you in a particular way, even if it's something small like the garbage can, in that moment, what I heard is Megan saying that I was not doing what I needed to be doing, even though she wasn't saying that at all, by the way. But that's what I heard. I heard her saying, you're not doing enough. You're not doing enough around the house. You didn't change the trash. Why didn't you do it? And it's just all of this you can hear is just irrational and crazy. But in the moment of stress, it comes out very easily and that anger comes out. And that's how irrational anger can be, by the way. You sit there and you go down this small little scenario like, come on, it's laughable now to think back on it. But it's enough to at least ruin 10 to 15 minutes of my day. And it's such a silly thing. But going back to that, when you feel attacked and you feel like you need to go on the defensive Man, does anger rear its ugly head. There are a thousand different examples we could give at this, but I don't think you guys even need examples because you know, you know this is true, that every single time somebody comes to you with anything, even if they're trying to do it in love and helpfulness, you feel attacked because they're telling you maybe something you don't want to hear and that's going to get you angry. doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, I find this coming up a lot because me and Megan actually work together on all of our projects, but I find it come up a lot with work because if we just try to subtly give each other some constructive criticism and it's on a project that we're particularly holding on to and it's our baby or it's our thing that we are working on and putting our effort into, if one or the other of us gives a suggestion on how that might be made better, oh boy, it becomes very difficult. And again, you feel attacked because you're not doing enough and it's very easy to go on that defensive. And really that leads us into number three, where if you get angry easily, if you're already insecure about something, I can think of an example in our house that seems to come up a lot. Let me just preface this by saying Megan is the best mom around. She's one of the best moms I know. I know her. I'm her husband, so I'm a little bit biased, but She is the best mother for our kids, but she definitely has some insecurities as far as being a really good mom and feeling like she's a working mom. So she's not the super mom and she's not the mom out there packing the kids lunches, giving them vegan free specials and quinoa chips and whatever else, because she is just not that mom. And so In moments where we're in those parenting struggles with the kids, if I suggest something that has worked for me, oh boy, does it shine the light on Meg. And for her, she's just hearing all kinds of things that I'm not saying. 
Speaking of being insecure about being a good mom, last week, Brandon and I took alternating days off of work to stay home with the kids. We didn't have childcare last week, so we did the mom and dad duty, stay-at-home mom and dad duty. And Harlan's teacher at preschool came up to me one day after after school and said, oh yeah, the kids didn't, none of the kids in the class even knew who you were because they all just think that Harlan's grandma is Harlan's mom. And like, she was totally saying it innocently, I believe. I mean, she's a great, she's a great, great lady. She did not mean to put me down or anything. But what I heard in that moment was just basically, you are the worst mom ever and you're never here for your kids and we don't even see you around the school. And so my eyes immediately well up. I throw my sunglasses on my head. So it's not as obvious that I'm crying. And, you know, I have to get over that real quickly because obviously there's a thousand people around. But yeah, it was it was made me sad. And obviously it made me angry enough to uh, come home and tell Brandon about it. And he was like, Meg, you're just you're just hearing things. And I know that's true. But when there's insecurities at play, that can absolutely make you a little bit angry. Yeah. And that leads us into number four. And this is one of my biggest, biggest issues with my anger, but it's when I don't understand something. So when it's something new or it's something I've done for a long time and I can't seem to figure out what's going on or why it's happening or it's something brand new that I've never done and I expect to get from A to Z within two seconds flat and I can't do it, I get so, so angry and irritated. This especially comes up because you seem to compare yourself to other people and you see where they're at. And that's one of my biggest triggers. I'll look at other people. I'll see where they're at. I'll see what they're doing. I'll see how easy they make it look. And then when I can't understand it and I'm not perfect at it immediately, it just shines a light on me and I hear the voice like, oh, you're not good enough. Why do you have any business doing this? You can't do this. You can't do that. And it's something that I struggle with personally. Our kids, our poor, poor children are totally products of their parents on this one because as a perfectionist, I struggle with this a lot. Like if I'm at work and I'm trying to tackle a report and it's just not, the numbers don't make sense and I can't figure it out, I will get so angry at myself that I don't understand it the first time, even if I've never done a particular report or put these particular numbers together before. If I don't get it the first time, I'm just mad. Our children are the exact same way. Harlan is turning five this month actually and she can't tie her shoes she's tried a total of two times ever and it makes her mad every time we talk about it that she doesn't know how and no matter how much we tell her it's it's something that takes a lot of practice and a lot of time you don't know how to do it immediately you can't just pick up a shoe and tie it you have to you have to practice it a lot a lot a lot she just expects that she can do every single thing that she tries the moment she tries And kids aside, I think we're all guilty of this. Like I said, it's one of my internal struggles that I have when I'm trying to learn something new or just trying to get by day by day. But I know that if you think about it in your own personal journey, you're in the same place. It doesn't just apply to kids. As adults, we're just big kids, aren't we? All those things and all those habits we bring with us. And so you never really grow out of that. Like it's always something where you expect something to come easy. And if you expect to come easy, as soon as you've run into any difficulty, it becomes so much worse. And I think that's just a reality that we all have to accept. But when you accept it, and again, if you figure out that that is happening, you can adjust and 
not get into an angry place and understand, much like we tell our kids, that this doesn't come easy. It's not just with the snap of your fingers and you are going to have to work for it. And anything in life that you want, unfortunately, you're going to have to work for. Which leads us to number five. And this is something that I've shared on this podcast before, but something that I've personally struggled with. And that is not being where I want to be in life, which then in turn leads to being depressed. Now, I've been pretty open about it as far as my struggles, but I've never really delved into certain things that have happened or what's, you know, what's going on in my mind because to be honest, I don't even understand it now. There's something inside of me that's been stirring for a long time where I knew that there was more out there for me, that I could be doing more, that I wanted to be doing more. I'd look at other people, I'd look what they were doing, I'd compare myself, even though I know you shouldn't. And I was just never in a place for years of time where I wanted to be. When we graduated from college, we moved immediately, we went to a place that we were unfamiliar with, and I worked multiple part-time jobs, and I could never, ever seem to lock something down or find something that I wanted to do. Even in the times where I did lock something down, I couldn't find what I wanted to do. Well, when you're in those cycles, unfortunately, in my case, they didn't end very quickly. And so you have to be willing to put in the work where you're at and just continue to learn and grow, which I know now looking back in hindsight, however, in the moment, it can lead to being very depressed. As I look back on it now, I know that in those times I was actually depressed, even though if you would have asked me then, I would have told you that I probably wasn't. I would have told you, no, I, I'm fine. I'm just in a, I'm just in a rut. I'm just, I'm just having a moment. Uh, yeah, things are great. You know, just the things you tell people because that's, you know, you want to keep face. And so that's what you tell everyone. But when I look back now and see where I currently am, I see that I've grown so much in that time and I'm willing to admit that even now still I'm not in the place where I really want to be, but I'm working toward it and I'm growing every day. And that's something where it's made a huge difference from years ago to now, but you can definitely fall into a place that you think, woe is me and the world's out for me and it's just never going to work out for me because I can never live up and I'm never going to be able to get there and That negative mindset will be like an anchor to your foot pulling you down and the more you believe it and the more you buy into it, the bigger struggles you have. I'm speaking from personal experience here. It's something that I've just broken out of in the last six months where I finally said, no, that's not going to be the case because I am in control. I will put in the work and I will push myself to get to the place where I want to be And that's the only thing that I'm going to allow to motivate me and move me forward. And when you're struggling in those depression and anxiety moments and seasons of your life, how much easier is it to just be in that anger and every single thing will just trigger you and make you mad when it really shouldn't, small, tiny things, because you're already just mentally not okay. The other thing, I think I probably struggle with this one a little bit more than Brandon, but the other thing is... I struggle with anger when I'm trying to accomplish something and get interrupted. That for me is, ugh, it's horrible. I will sit at my desk and I will on purpose look 
Like, I want to kill somebody so that hopefully nobody will approach me. Because if I am in the midst of something, well, sometimes it's not even intentional, but most of the time it is. And I'm just trying to figure something out. I'm trying to lock in. I'm trying to do the work that needs to be done. And it's hard and it, it's not just, it's not easy. So I want to look unapproachable so that people won't approach me so that I don't get interrupted. Because if I'm interrupted and I'm in the middle of my groove, then I will lose it all. Like I will just not be able to get back to where I was easily. It'll take me, you know, 20 minutes to be able to get back to where I was. And I just can't handle that. It just is a total time waster. So for me, getting interrupted is a big no-no. And I, Brandon will come to my office door and be like, ooh, and he'll start talking. And then sometimes he'll just slowly back away because he's like, I can see that you're in the middle of something. I'll be back when you're ready or please call me when you are done. <laughs> oh, yes. The slow backup. We've all been there, husbands and partners. I know we have. But <laughs> uh, just in the, the nature of true transparency and how ridiculous my anger can be, I think of a story that happened just the other day. I was sitting on the couch and I was working on something and I'm not even sure particularly what it was. But Megan was looking for the mouse for the laptop, which happened to be in my work bag. And she said, Brandon, where's the mouse for the laptop? And I'm like, oh, it's in one of the front pockets. Well, then I sit there and I hear her rustling through the bag and she's digging and digging. And I'm just sitting there getting more and more irritated, even though I know it's silly. And she goes, what, where was it? What was the pocket? So finally I jump up, I harshly run over, grab the bag pull it open, grab the mouse out, hand it to her, say here, storm back like a little child to the couch and plop down and keep working on what I'm working on. But those are the things that anger, like if you let it manifest and you let it get to the point for something so silly, I mean, obviously after the fact, I recognized how silly it was and I apologized and I moved on from there, but that's how easy it can be to get pulled out of something completely innocent into that area of anger. And I definitely did not want to interrupt whatever he was doing. I didn't even really realize. But also, I was just trying to figure out where the stinking mouse was. <laughs> so I won't be making that mistake again. But in all seriousness, I do want to just say that in this episode, we are not by any means trying to say we're experts in, in mastering that. And hopefully by the examples we're giving that are still in almost real time, you can see that this is something that not only we struggle with, but we believe that everyone struggles with and uh, that we're just trying to give you a little bit of information, even though we're still very much a work in progress. Right. And Meg's totally right. I mean, that's why I, I love how honest we can be because it's not something where I'm trying to hide and say I'm on a pedestal and, I, and I'm, I'm just so much better and I'm, I'm past this and it's, it's wonderful yeah, I have gotten a lot better and there have been a lot of improvements, but it's still something that you struggle with day by day. Like Megan was saying, we're all in it together. So on to number seven, and this one I think affects everyone, even if you are not willing to admit it. If you think back, <laughs> think back, you will admit that your past can cause a lot of anger. There's so many times where you think about where you're at and once, especially once anger comes out, you can quickly go to the past. I know as a married couple, there's a lot of times where 
in a certain fight or, you know, you, you get your ammo out and you always want to bring up the past or you want to bring up something that was long ago forgiven, but somehow it brings its rears its ugly head in those moments of anger. And like I said, it's used as almost like an ammunition, like, oh yeah, well, what about when you did this 10 years ago, five years ago? you know, last week. It's, it's, it's insane, but that's where we all go. We go to that moment where we're like, well, the past can, can be, can be harmful to you, but you want to bring it up out of the the deep sea and, and explore that in those moments. And side note here, that is one of the most unhealthy ways to fight. And one of the most unfair, once you forgive the other person for something, you cannot go back on it. It's just not a fair way to fight. You cannot bring up 16 reasons why right now, today, you're still mad about whatever has been already dealt with. That is just not okay. And we, as a couple, try really hard not to go to a place where we're just throwing old things back in each other's faces with each and every new fight that has anything to do with it. We're not trying to keep record of wrongs here. So we make we do make a really conscious effort to try not to allow the past to creep into those fights when 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 they easily could. Yeah, and with that being said, we're talking specifically about relationships in in this case and me and Meg's relationship and how it comes up. Now I'm fully aware that people have a lot of junk and they have a lot of baggage. And there might be a lot of issues you've had with a previous spouse. There might be issues you've had with relationships or your parents or your childhood that you've dealt with for a very long time. And those things can affect your future. But you can't let those things weigh you down any longer. They're things that if you understand that they are an issue, and I think if we look deep down, we can admit that they are an issue. You need to seek out some help, get past where you currently are because you're never going to be able to grow into the future with that stuff pulling you back into the past. It's just never going to happen. So again, I understand that people have things in life that have been hard and challenging and horrible even, but you have to be able to move past that. And until you're able to move past that, you're never going to be able to grow into the future that you're looking forward to. Which really leads us into number eight. We often get angry in the moment when we're hurt by others. And in this world, in this life, there will be trouble. <laughs> and there is. We're, people are people. We all make mistakes. We all fall short. And sometimes people do you wrong. And it's very easy to get angry in those moments. And it's okay to get angry in those moments. But it's how you move on from that initial anger that shows a lot about your character and about the person that you are. Because if you let it then ruin the rest of your day or the rest of your week or the rest of your month or you're still hanging on to something from a long time ago where someone did you wrong, it's time to let that go. I'm just here to tell you right now, it's time to let that go. Nothing good is coming out of that. Nothing. Nothing good is coming from holding on to that and holding on to that negative energy. Move past that person. Ignore that person. Move on with from where you're currently at because that is just never going to be a healthy situation. So what can we do? How can we move past all these reasons that we get angry and actually do something about it? Well, for us, 
we've learned that we have to know our anger triggers. We have to know what causes the anger and why. And once we know that, then we can work towards trying to prevent it. If we don't even know what makes us angry, if I don't even know that my kids being absolute crazy people when I'm trying to get something done is not going to make me angry, then I will never learn how to fix that before it gets out of control. You also have to be really conscious of the early signs of anger. And that kind of goes directly coupled with the triggers. But once you identify the triggers and you identify the things that are actually setting you off into that path of anger and you become conscious of those, you sense those early signs of anger. And I know for me personally, I know when I'm starting to get irritated and irritable. And once you become more aware of that, it's so much easier then to move forward and move past where you currently are. And the easiest thing in those times is to remove yourself from the situation. There's a lot of times where I sense myself getting angry. It might be at work. It might be at home. And I just say, time out. This is just not the best time to do this. And me and Megan in our married relationship literally will be like, can we just pause on this? Nothing good is going to come out of this. Let's take some time, take a moment And I'm not saying with this to sulk for days or take a long time by any stretch, but sometimes you can recognize that it's not so healthy in the moment when it's already in a negative place just to continue beating each other up, not literally, but with your words and just take that break. There have absolutely been times when I've left my office at work, gone outside and just sat in the sunshine for a few minutes because Staying inside, staying in the same environment, not removing myself from it was never going to help. I needed to actually physically go somewhere new and actually get a little bit of fresh air, and it made all the difference. It doesn't have to be a huge, long ordeal. It can just be a few minutes away. Sometimes with our kids, we will actually tap out if it's needed. Like if one of us is just like beyond beyond being okay, where we just can hardly breathe, we're so upset. We'll be like, you know what, why don't you go and and just head down to the bedroom, head wherever you want to go, go outside, go for a run, do whatever you got to do, but I'll just handle this for you. And that's been a really, really great part of our marriage now that we have our kids because we know that we can just trust each other to sense when the other one needs a, a small break and really be that person and be there for that other person to make that happen and make that be okay. There's no shame when we do it. It's just that we know the other person needs it and we can run with it and And it makes all the difference. Sometimes three minutes later, everything's cool. And that's all it took was just that I got to go to the bathroom by myself with no screaming kids around or that Brandon got to run outside and go work in the shed for a few minutes just to just to not be inside and not be in that same exact environment. I know what people will say with that, that they just they're not able to do that. They work in a place where they're not able to do that. They're with their kids or their stay-at-home mom or they're in a situation for whatever reason that they can't do that. They can't take that time. We're not talking about anything crazy. Like Megan was saying, you're talking about five minutes of time. And I would argue that (laughs) if you don't take that five minutes of time, it is not going to go well for you in any other regard. So I think it's very important to take that time, take a step away for a moment, recollect yourself. And one of the things that I personally do is I will take some deep breaths when I'm taking that time away. I will just take some deep breaths. I will take count 10 seconds inward, let it out slowly, and just 
getting yourself into a calm place, sitting there, taking deep breaths, recognizing your breath and taking it in and out slowly. It seems silly. And I know some of you will shake your heads like that doesn't work. Try it next time. It totally works. And if you have a Fitbit and probably even if you have other fitness trackers or watches, but definitely on the Fitbit, there's a whole guided breathing exercise that you can pick, like whether you want to do it for two minutes or five minutes, basically perfect amounts of time for what we're talking about that will just take your mind from what you're currently focusing on and instead put it on your breathing. And it's just, it's really kind of cool. Honestly, it's really pretty, it's pretty sweet that you can use your Fitbit to take a little mini break right in the middle of wherever you're at. Yeah. I think one of the last things is not blaming other people and situations, even though it's so easy to do that. I think in today's society, it's very easy to point the finger at someone else. It's very easy to determine why you're having all of your issues. And it always seems to be another person. I think as our self-centric people we are, We always want to point the finger at someone else and say, they're the reason. Yeah, I want to do that, but they're the reason I can't. Or I want to do something else, but I can't do that because of the current situation that I'm in. But you always want to point the finger at someone else or blame someone else. And we talked a little bit about the past where you're blaming someone else in the past for where you are at currently, but they're not controlling where you're at currently. You're controlling where you're at currently. And it's up to you how you identify and how you live your life. And you have all the power in that. I get we all have our limitations, but you have the power to forgive the past, not let other people dictate how your mindset is and how you're willing to look at the future. And I think as long as we recognize that blaming other people and pointing the finger or getting angry at other people is causing a lot of our problems, it's very easy to move past that and just not let it get to you so much. And then the final thought is just ask for help. If you feel like you're going to be angry about something, if you know that you've just had a rough day and there's somebody to ask, ask for the help. It might be your mom. It might be your spouse. It might be a friend down the street. It doesn't matter who it is. If you have an opportunity to ask for help from someone, do it. Right. And that always seems like such a weak thing to do, to ask for help. And and I've never had a problem doing that. In those moments, I've always been very transparent with Meg and the people around me that I'm having a particular issue or I'm having a moment and it may not be the best day for me. The one thing I will say too is if it's something that you or your partner or someone you know has had an ongoing issue with and it goes beyond these minor irritations and anger that we're discussing, Asking for help from a therapist or a licensed professional is always something that we would recommend. It never is going to hurt to go out there and talk to someone and try to deal with the issues because you can't always take everything on by yourself. And for Megan, she's been there for me, but your spouse can't be the only answer for everything that's going on or someone in your family can't be the only answer for what's going on. Sometimes you need a unbiased third party to give you recommendations and advice and hear you out and again with no judgment and are able to give you some practical steps in the future but yes ask for help it's always a sign for some reason as a weakness it is not a weakness you are fully able to ask 
So hopefully we've given you some positive pieces of advice and we've just discussed some of our own practical ways when we're dealing with anger for how we are going to use that and prevent it in the future. For today, if you do get angry, if you do struggle with that, try to use some of these tips. But otherwise, we will see you next week. Hey, thanks for tuning in another show of Fools in Love podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast or follow us over on Facebook at Fools in Love Podcast or hit us up on Instagram. Megan's at This Average Mom and I'm at Brandon Giggling. We'd love to hear from you over there. Talk soon.